single and waiting for Mr. Right? Are you in a relationship but still not quite sure if he's the one? Are you married and sometimes wondering if you've made the right decision? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then this podcast is for you. I am your host, Sharon Tillman, and welcome to the He's Worth the Wait podcast. This podcast is to promote healthy, whole relationships and to educate you on how to produce the very best version of yourself so you can meet the very best version of the one who has been chosen for you. Go with me as I share my story, as I share my journey, as I share my truth and my testimony while inspiring, uplifting, and encouraging you to know that he is worth the wait. Let's talk. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of He's Worth the Wait podcast. I am your host, Sharon Tillman. I hope you guys are having an amazing day on today. I'm so excited to um, be on here with you guys. I'm so excited to kind of get back into the flow, kind of get back into the routine of... um, just making sure that I keep these podcasts coming every week. So I hope everybody is having an amazing day as we are like so closely approaching the holidays. Um, such a great season to, um, just be thankful, right? Such a great season just to reflect on all of the things that, um, all of the things that we, we literally have to thank God for, um, you know, when I look back over my life, right. And I literally think about, um, you know, where I've been and I think about where I am now. Um, and I'm just so grateful. I'm so grateful to God that he is so amazing, that he is so intentional, that he is just so strategic in all of the things, right. Um, that just allows me to be here today in my um, right mind, you know, in my good health. I'm so grateful to just be, oh my God, I'm so, so grateful to be healthy and whole and um, in a healing process. I'm so grateful um, for all of the things. So I didn't mean to dwell long, but, um, you know, I'm super intentional. So For this month, you know, my kids and I are doing, you know, like thankful, we're doing like this thankful month. So we're intentionally just, you know, trying to be a blessing unto someone each and every day intentionally, Um, no matter what it be, 
in whatever way. We're just trying to make sure that we are just, you know, showing so much gratitude and that we are, you know, just being a blessing is so much better to be a blessing than it is to be blessed. And I know a lot of times we get it backwards, but the ability to be able to give into someone else is so much more fulfilling than receiving a gift, right? So that's that. That is what we're doing, but that's not what we're here talking about tonight. Um, so tonight I want to kind of dive into dating a little bit, right? Um, I am super transparent about the fact that, um, these adult dating streets look a whole lot different than they did back in the day when I was dating, um, you know, as a kid, you know, like back in the day when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore, but you know. Someday I said, and wish I was a kid again, you know, like back in the day when I was young, the dating streets look totally different than they do um, right now today in my adult life. Um, but I think one thing and because I'm so transparent, you know, I'll say that when I first, you know, started dating from my marriage, I was so used to like just being in a relationship so we're talking about someone who got married when i mean someone who started i started dating my ex-husband at the age of 15 right so like 15 you're super young you're super young you're super um immature you don't know who you are you definitely don't know how to be anything for anybody right so you don't even know exactly what you like what you don't like you don't know the things that you're looking for and when I say that I mean in terms of longevity like of course you like what you like like I like um light skin or I like I'm dark skin or I like I'm tall or like I'm short or like I'm skinny or like a teddy like whatever your thing is but it's never like I want someone who can speak life into me or I want some like we don't know those long-term things at 15 at least I didn't now listen it might be some 15 year olds out there who you know they got this stuff together and they know a little bit about, you know, a little bit more about what they want and what they need, longevity in life. But when I was 15, I didn't know. So now that I am in my 30s, um, I am so much more aware of what it is that I want, what it is that I desire, what it is that I need when it comes to um, dating. Um, I know that I am a like I'm an intentional dater right so if I'm dating with an intent then there are no gray areas for me right so getting back to what I was saying um when I first came out of my um marriage to my you know almost 20 year relationship with my ex-husband um, and I started dating. I was so used to being in a relationship that, like, I didn't really know how to, like, date. Can I just be honest with y'all? Okay. And so maybe I'm not the only one out <laughs> Maybe I'm not the only one out there who really did know how to, like, date, right? So you asked me for my phone number and, like, there are expectations in my head, like, 
okay, you asked me for my phone number. Like, that means, like, you're going to, like, call me right away. That means, like, if we go out on a date, like, we low-key go together, but we don't go together. But we low-key, like, we we together, like, you can't talk to other people because now we're together. I was very clueless, okay? Because these dating streets, they don't operate like that. But I wasn't aware. And because I wasn't aware, because I didn't know, because I was just like... I'm kind of clueless out here. Like, nobody really run the game down to me. So, like, when I first started, like, dating, I don't know. I probably was, like, low-key running guys away. Because <laughs> I was like, that is hilarious now that I say it. But the truth of the matter is, like, I was so, like, Maybe like a little bit clingy because I've always been in a relationship. So maybe I was a little bit clingy now that I think back on it. Um, let me just say they was all the wrong guys anyway. So I, I don't feel like I missed out on anything or like I, um, I missed my husband because of it, right? Because I definitely wasn't looking to be nobody's wife coming out of a marriage. I really just wanted, I wanted what I was comfortable, like I wanted what I was comfortable with. I wanted what I, like this is my norm, being in a relationship, being exclusively with one person. That was kind of my norm. And so I wanted to dwell within that norm, right? Um, and so, and because I was kind of like, outside like I'm air quoting like y'all can see me I know y'all can't see me but I'm like air quoting outside because my daughter always be like mom you you know but um because I was outside and when I say outside if you don't listen to my podcast you don't know what I mean when I say outside but if you listen to my podcast then you definitely know what I mean when I say I was outside but I was just like, you know, I'm going to do my own thing for a little while. Like, I've been a good girl for, like, all these years. I've done the right thing. I've done, I just want to go outside and see what's outside on the other side of being a good girl. Like, maybe I want to go outside and, you know, like, just be, just do differently. Okay? That's kind of just where I'll put that at. But, um... Because I was kind of outside, right? So because I was outside and I um I I was dating guys who of course were outside. So it was like these aren't like it's I'm not looking for long term. I'm just looking for like consistency because of my norm. So I'm making the point of like, I really didn't know how to date in the beginning. And I'm almost grateful, right? I'm almost grateful that I didn't know how to date in the beginning because um, I really feel like it saved me from a lot of things that could have potentially went a different way. I also feel like it really put me in, put things into perspective for me whenever I did learn how to date, right? So for me now, dating is data collection. It is literally just trying to see like who you are, where you from, what your, how you think, what your beliefs are, you know, like what are your values? What are your core values? Like, you know, 
what does your relationship with Christ look like? Like, these are things, these are questions that I'm asking in the very beginning. Like, these are not, these are not like five months down the line questions for me. Because if I see potential, and I, not potential in the person per se, but like, okay, if I meet someone and we vibe in the sense of conversation, I want to get to know who you are and all of the things so that we can see if we're compatible, if we have things that kind of align together. Um, and so for me, because I'm so intentional, if I don't see that in the beginning, I don't even like occupy the space with you there, if that makes sense. And so I'm going there because um, I have a really good friend. And so we're having a conversation. She's met like a really great guy. And he's like checking off a lot of the boxes except for um, like some some really main like the main boxes, in my opinion. Um, and so I'm telling her in the beginning, she's like, I don't know. I think if I could get past this, then I would probably like feel for this guy the way that he feels for me. And so we're having a conversation. I'm like, okay, I'm going to put you on a challenge because that's who I am, right? So I'm like, okay, I'm going to put you on a challenge. I think that you should not think about or not mention this particular thing for 10 full days, right? So for 10 full days, you can't mention it. You can't think about it. You can't talk about it. Any of the things. And if you do, then we got to start the 10 days over, right? This is going to help you get out of your head about this particular thing and see, because you said if, if it wasn't for this thing, you would be able to move past, right? So because of this thing, let's not talk about this thing for 10 days and let's just see where you are, how you process, how you move, and if the feelings that could potentially be there or are there, are they going to reveal themselves or is this something that you just can't do? This is how we're going to figure it out. So two days in, we have this really long but very productive conversation and She's admitted to me that this particular thing is something that she don't think she can ever get past. It's like, um, no matter what happens, because he could do, I, I could be there for all of these things because he is a great guy. But because of this one particular thing, I will never see him the way that he sees me. I will never be able to fully give myself to him and be happy. And so for me, I look at that as like, okay, then this thing is a non-negotiable. And we're not going to compromise or settle for non-negotiables, right? And so that's kind of what I want to talk about tonight. I want to talk about the factors of dating, but 
really living in that space of transparency, right? Because I think that it is only fair that we live in a space of giving out what we want to receive, um, you know, really being able to be open and honest with someone the way that we want them to be open and honest with us, right? So when you're dating a guy, <clears throat> excuse me, when you're dating a guy and you guys are in relationship or not in relationship, these are like dating phases, right? Um, when it comes to things, and I know like everybody makes a list, right? So, and if you don't have a list on paper, you probably got a list in your head because if a guy approaches you and you're like, oh no, I don't like short guys or oh no, he too, whatever for me, then that's a list. Even if it's not written down and like formally listed as a list in your head, you've created a list that you kind of follow. So I think all of us in some way have a list, right? We have a list when it comes to the things that we want, the things that we don't want, the things that we would love to have. Um, and then we have our non-negotiables. These are things that we just cannot overlook, right? And so I think that it's important that we don't, like, don't get me wrong. You are not, I'm not going to say you're not going to find somebody who checks every box. I won't say that. I won't say that you're not going to find that guy that literally hits everything on the list and you have, I'm not going to say that because I don't know. I ain't seen him yet, but I don't know. You might find him. He may be out there. I don't know. But this is what I will say. We can't be so heavily focused on the list to the point where we miss out on the very thing that could be good for us. Because we have to really, sometimes we really got to evaluate our list, right? Like there are sometimes things on our list that just don't, it's just like, is it really that big of a deal if he's like caramel and not light skin? I mean, that could be shallow, but I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to give example here, right? Um, or whatever the things are, I'm just trying to like think of things that we may deem as, okay, he doesn't even, okay, let's use tall and short because I think that I have I've encountered this a lot. So I've met some guys who are just not the tallest, right? And one of the things that they would always ask is, how do I feel about short guys? And, okay, my ex-husband was like my height. So he was kind of like a short guy, right? Um, so I guess I don't really get into the tall, short, like, I, that I'm not that girl, right? So you ain't got to be super tall, but don't be, I don't want to date anyone who's shorter than me, of course. But if you're like my height or taller, I'm totally fine with that, right? But I'm using it as an example that a lot of, a lot of women would just automatically not date guys who were 
a certain height, right? I'm not saying that it's shallow. What I'm saying is sometimes evaluating our list are important because you don't want to miss the guy that is for you because he comes in a smaller box, right? We have to be very careful and we have to like really evaluate the list to make sure. Now, if it's a non-negotiable and if, or if it's something like for me, core values are super important. Um, being equally yoked is super important. Relationship with Christ, super important. So there are certain things that I totally understand. I'm listen, I'm her, I get it. But I guess in other senses, we just have to be careful. However, on the other side, I don't ever want anybody to feel like that they have to settle for something that they don't want just to occupy a space. We don't want to just occupy space and we don't need people and you should. And if you do, I want you to, and listen, evaluate this podcast tonight, right? Evaluate this episode because as you're listening, I really want you to think, and guys, if it sounds like I'm yelling, I'm not, but, um, my voice has been like really doing some funny stuff since like convocation, which was like almost a month ago. I'm not really 1000% certain when my voice is going to like fully come back. So I don't want you guys to think I'm yelling. So if it sounds like I'm yelling, I'm not yelling. I'm just trying to make sure that I am getting out the words without it cracking or sounding like it's fading, if that makes sense. So I just wanted to throw that out there because I don't want anybody to think that I'm yelling, okay? There's my disclaimer for my voice tonight, okay? Hopefully, when you get your podcast for next week, my voice will be fully back. That's what I'm hoping for, right? So I hope my voice will be fully 100% back so that, you know, I can give you my normal, regular talk, right? Okay, getting back. Um, I don't want anyone to ever think that they have to be in a place of settle. Listen, we don't have to settle. We do not have to settle for anything less than what we deserve, what the value is, right? We don't have to settle. And if you find yourself in a space, and I'm saying this because I was there, right? When I came out of my marriage of almost 15 years, I've been with my ex-husband for almost 20. When I came out of that relationship, consistency of like consistently wanting or feeling like I needed someone to be around was highly heavy for me. Like I wasn't used to just being Sharon. Now I went places by myself. I done things by myself. Like I love myself, right? There is no question. But my title as a wife was a part of my identity at that time. 
and taking away that part for me and I and I'm super transparent so I talked about this on another episode before but in the place of when I first got married and I didn't know who I was taking on the title of wife was my first my very first form of identity the other forms of identity in which God was establishing within me they came after I got married. So because wife was the first title, was the first form of identity for me, losing that losing that part of my identity, losing that piece of my identity was major for me. I didn't know how to um, dwell in that space. It wasn't even the fact of, I think, it wasn't even the fact of being alone. It was the fact of accepting that I'm not a wife. So I lose part of my identity and now I got to figure out how to feel it. So because I concealed and didn't heal a lot of places prior to that, it was, it was real, re, um, it was exposing, I will say, um, that wasn't the word that I was going to use, but you guys see that I was like stuttering to get it out because I, it's like, I know the word that I want to say, but it wouldn't come right. Okay. So I guess it was a, exposing that part of me that felt uncovered. It was a part of me that felt uncovered. It was a part of me that felt alone. It was a part of me that felt abandoned. Let me say that even rejected because these are things that I experienced prior to, right? Um, but the, the identity of wife helped me conceal a lot of these places because I felt like I can rest under this identity. So when you take the identity away, then all of these things that I've kind of concealed and covered are now exposed, right? And so I'm talking about me. I want, I, I'm not, I, this is just me right here, right? So when I'm thinking about that, and I'm thinking about that place in me and how now I've got to deal with that, I don't want to deal with it. So in my mind, it's like, oh, I don't, yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'm not meant to be alone. I'm such a good woman. Like I'm, I'm a wife. I'm a, all these things. Right. And so you just start dating and wanting to put someone there to just occupy the space, even if they don't need to be there. Right. And so I would say that if you find yourself in that place, then I would encourage you to really find that place of healing. I would encourage you to really Get to that place of, you know, asking God to take you back to the places that have been concealed but not healed within you so that he will be able to fully work on the inside of you and that you will be okay to know that even when you are divorced, even when you are by yourself, you are not alone. I am single, but I am not alone, right? Because there is a difference. And when you know the difference and understand the difference, I feel like you can move differently. Right. So if you find yourself in that space, then that's what I would encourage. 
I would encourage for you to go back um, and to really be able to do that. But when you are trying to just occupy that space, you don't have an opportunity to really get to know you, right? So one thing that I had to learn was that the last girl that was out there dating was like 15 years old, very immature, very unlearned, just very, very, she's a child, right? I'm a kid. I'm 15. I'm totally a kid, right? So at this age, in my late 30s, I'm an entirely different person. I am very, very different than who and what I was when I was dating the first time. So it took me that revelation for me to really get to the place where, no, I need to stop. Instead of trying to occupy this space, I need to get to learn me. I need to figure out who I am now, what it is that I like, what don't, what don't I like, what do I need now at this space in my life? And I was able, and this is just me, but I just completely shut it down. I didn't want to date. I didn't want to make, you know, meet people. And okay, you can't help but meet people, right? I can be in the grocery store. And somebody might come up. I'm super friendly. I'm not going to not talk to you. But I don't want to date anybody right now. I'm in the place of getting to know Sharon. I am in the place of really like, I'm learning me. I'm learning what I like, what I don't like. I am identifying my non-negotiables. I am identifying the things that I know that I need um, and Things that I need and things that I desire within my relationship, my, you know, my next relationship. And so just getting to that space of really being able to learn me, getting to that space of really being able to figure me out, know the things that I like, know the things that I don't like, know, you know, who I am now in this particular space it was really able to help me that when the time came for me to, you know, okay, open up to dating again, my dating walk looked completely different. It looked completely different. So it wasn't any more of, um, you know, wanting to fill the space, wanting to be clingy, like wrong expectations or any expectations when you you know, when you're first meeting someone, because we're, we're nothing to each other in this moment. We're just trying to figure out, are we compatible enough to even have a conversation, right? So, um, dating looked really different for me and it made me be very intentional. This is where I'm going. So it put me in a space of being very intentional. So I began to be really intentional when it came to my dating. I was very um, intentional about conversations. I was intentional about, you know, things that I would do, things that I would not do, people that I would see, people that I would not see. So before when I was dating, I would, I would go on a date with anybody, right? Okay, not anybody. Let me clarify that. But if you ask me out and... You know, I was like, oh, he's cute or OK, 
okay. Like, yeah, I would go out on a date. I would go out on the date with you in order to like get to know you um, and to see what you are all about. I would have phone conversations with you. I would give you space. Um, I would give you access and all of these things in this phase of just trying to figure out if we're even going to like each other. You know what I'm saying? But as I took the time out, I was able to do it from a different perspective. So now, like, everybody doesn't get a date. Like, I don't go out with everybody who asks me out. I've learned, okay, I don't know if I've ever had a problem saying no, right? I don't, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think I've, okay, so there are a lot of people who struggle with no. They don't know how to say no. So they say yes to a lot of things because no is too hard. Yeah, I don't think that I don't I don't I don't think that's ever been my struggle. I got a lot of struggles, right? That ain't one of them. Okay, so I'm able to say no, no, I'm good, or mm, yeah, no, that mm, yeah, no, right? M maybe not like that, but you know, no. Um, but for ones that I do say, okay, I'll give you my phone number, and we can talk a little bit to kind of see where it would go in that initial phone conversation we're going to talk about a lot of different things and from the very first conversation I will know if this guy I don't want to say deserves because that might sound arrogant and I'm not arrogant um, y'all help me out there if y'all got another word that I should use right there. But that will just let me know if this even gets to move to a date. Is that, is that better? I think that's a good way to say that. Um, it just lets me know if this, if this conversation like even gets to move to a date. Because I, I'm, because I am so intentional guys. I just don't believe that everybody deserves access to you. And I don't believe that anybody that you don't see potentially a future with should occupy space in your life. I, I That is my thought process, right? I said earlier that I believe that we should give out what we want, right? So at this phase in our lives, especially for ones who are, you know, whether you've been on the dating scene for a while or if you are just like, and you, you're, you're older, you're a woman of a particular age or, you know, you're getting on up there. So it's like, I don't want to play games. I want somebody who's straight up. I want somebody who knows what they want. I know I want someone with clear vision, right? So when you're thinking about that, then it's like, okay, because this is something that I want, because this is something that I absolutely desire, then it's easier for me to identify exactly what it is. And if it's not there, then why are we holding on? Why are we going through the motions of something that we know don't have a future? And it makes me go back to the place of saying, 
really taking that time out to get to know who you are, really taking that time out to spend some time with you. And listen, people who jump into relationships and don't give themselves time to properly heal by themselves scare me because it's like you need to heal. Whether you went through a traumatic divorce, whether it was just a long-term breakup, whether you got hurt or you did the hurting, whatever the case may be, I believe in healing. I believe in taking that time out just for you to figure you out, to really get to know you, to really take that time out to process the situation that you just came out of. And to really find you in the situation, right? Because it's so easy for us to point the blame. We can always point the blame at someone else and make it someone else's fault. It's easy to do, but it takes real accountability to be able to evaluate yourself. It takes real accountability for you to look to look inwardly instead of always looking outwardly and be like, okay... I can see myself here. I can see things that I've done or that I could have done differently. I can see where I moved and I could have I could have I could have made a better choice there. I could have not said that. I I have to be more careful of the things that I say and the way that I say it. Or, you know, I I can see where like I might struggle with trusting people. And so in that moment of not being able to trust because it's something that I struggle with, it, it, it forms this like control or it forms like, you know, this guard or like you have to be able to identify your own things. And I think real accountability allows you to do that, but real space, like real time with yourself, like Taking that time to do that really helps. Now, I'm not saying that people don't jump out of relationships and jump back in and they don't be successful. That's not what I'm saying because I'm not the, I'm, listen, I'm not an expert, right? I, there, there are things that happen. I ain't got access to the whole world. So there may be things happening and I don't know. But this is my experience and this is my belief when it comes to this. I think that you need time to heal. And I think that it is so important that you get an opportunity to know you. Because when you do this, you don't stay in a situation that doesn't serve you. You definitely don't flake on your non-negotiables. You don't settle in on things that you said that you wouldn't settle in on. You did this in your last relationship. You're here now and you're like, you know what? I'm not putting up with that no more. I'm not doing X, Y, and Z, whatever your things is. And then you find yourself in a relationship or in a situationship with someone. And while you're here, while you're at this place, there are things happening that you either, they're either non-negotiables or they're major factors of, I know for a fact, I can't be with this person because of this. So instead of you saying, I know that I can't be with this person because of this, I need to be honest with them. Because this is one thing that I am super big on, right? I'm super big on this, right? 
I am so big on giving people the opportunity to make a choice. Don't take people's choice away. Don't take people's opportunity to make a choice away. Let me run you an example because I want you to get an understanding, right? So let's see. Say you're in a relationship with an addict, right? Maybe he maybe he drinks a lot. It can be uncontrollable drinking, right? And you get into a relationship with him and because he or she, let's just say either way, right? Um, because they, I'll just say they, because he or she decided not to make you aware of how obsessive their drinking was, they took away your opportunity, your choice to decide if this was something that you wanted to deal with. So they come to you. And I'm going to just use myself, right? Because I'm here. So they come to me and they're like, Sharon, listen, I drink and I don't just have a beer here or a beer there or like I drink, drink. Like I like to get drunk, drunk, right? And when I am on my game, when I'm sober, when I'm sober and alert, one of my girlfriends used to say that all the time. So when I'm sober and alert and when I'm not drinking and when I'm, not, listen, I, I'm on my stuff, I'm handling business, I'm taking care of you, all of the things. But when I'm drinking, like it, it's a real thing. It's controlling and I'm out there. And sometimes I'm out there for a little bit. Sometimes I'm out there for a lot. I've been dealing with this addiction my whole life and I think I'll probably keep dealing with it honestly because if you ain't submitted it to the father as something that you want to get rid of and went to therapy to do or rehab or whatever to do the necessary things that it takes then you're, you're comfortable with you know going in and out of it right so they're saying so Sharon listen I've been dealing with this thing my whole life and I'm probably going to keep dealing with it. This is my addiction. I own it. Right? Now, I want to give you the opportunity to say if you want to, you know, hey, when he's good, he's good. It's only when he's drinking that he's out of control. I can put up with him, you know, drinking out of control whenever he goes out because this is what he does. Or, you know what? Yeah, no, thank you so much for being honest with me and giving me the opportunity to make the choice. But I choose to bow out gracefully because I don't want to be in a relationship with anyone who allows something to control them in that manner. I, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and, and this is just an example, but here is the thing. There is a choice. You have a choice. You've got an option to choose to stay because you want to or to bow out gracefully and be like, you know what? This is not for me. This is not a situation that I am even going to involve myself in because I don't want to be hurt. I don't want to go through this rocky roller coaster. Like, listen, it ain't my ministry. That is not my ministry and I am okay with it. 
but you have that choice. So I'm saying all of that to say that for me, it is so important that we don't take people's choices away. It's not fair that you take away the opportunity for them to say, hey, if you're telling me that because of this thing, we can never be together, then thank you for letting me know, but I'm going to go because I desire to be married or I desire to be in a long-term relationship, whatever it is. And if that is not something that I can pursue with you, if that is not something that you can see for us in the future, then I'm going to bow out gracefully. Or if they choose to say, you know what? I know you don't feel like that today, but I'm going to stay here because I'm a, I believe that you're going to change your mind. Then you've given them the choice and they've made the choice. So if they decide to stay and five years later, y'all still there, but nothing has changed, that was their decision. That was their choice. But there is no way that I would be able to honestly keep somebody in a space, occupying them in a space that I know that they're not able to fit or dwell. You know what I'm saying? So I just feel like it's so important that we be honest with people, right? Let's give them their choice. Let's give them their option. Um, and then, like, if we know what we want, right? So... Y'all, we're not children anymore, right? We're not children. Like, we're not kids. We are grown adults looking to make grown adult decisions. So I feel like honesty is, is required. Like, it's a not, like, honesty, not being honest is not a factor, right? And I think that if we're honest in the beginning, then we don't have to worry about, you know, okay, if I tell them this, then it's going to break their heart or it's going to hurt their feelings or whatever the case may be. No, because if we're being honest at the very beginning, then no feelings are involved to even get hurt. There are no feelings involved to even, you know, get hurt or to be put on display like that. So I just think that being honest is important, but being intentional for me is equally important. Um, I feel like if you know that marriage is your goal, right? So I tell people all the time that I am waiting for my husband, right? He's worth the wait, right? Um, and I am, I'm, I'm comfortable here, right? I am in expectation, but I am not in anticipation. I'm not anxious, right? I'm not anxiously waiting. I am expecting for him to come. Um, I am not settling for anybody or anything that is not what I know that my father has for me. Um, and I am okay with saying no or, you know, like one of my girlfriends say, girl, my phone is dry. <laughs> I guess it's okay to have a dry phone, right? If you know what it is that you want. Like for me, talking to all of the guys 
doesn't fill the space, it just really gives you something to do, right? But how do you focus on the things that you know that you want, the things that you're looking for, um, if you're always distracted with all of the other things because you don't want to just be able to focus, right? So for me, it's like, no, I want to be able to just focus. So I'm okay to be an expectation for him um, and not feel the need to allow other people to occupy his space. So I dwell in that moment or I dwell in that place of, yeah, no, if I know that this is not what it, if, if I know that this is not it, then it was so nice to meet you. Absolutely. Have an amazing life, right? And that's not mean. I don't want you guys to think that is being mean. And I've heard people say, right? So I've heard people say, they said to me, right? Like, um, one person said to me, she was like, um, well, you have to be careful because you may not even be given an opportunity. Like you might be just throwing away the guy that is for you. Right. And I said, well, I don't believe so, but I'll evaluate that. Right. And I said that because, um, in conversation we're going to know if there is something there that even takes us to a deeper conversation, that takes us to dinner, that takes us to um, the coffee shop. I know a lot of y'all. So I know y'all seen the list of the things or the places that the women don't want to go to, right? Which I thought was just, just flat out ridiculous, right? But I'm going to let y'all women out there be great, right? But yeah, like, I've done coffee shops. I've done ice cream. Yeah, like, I, I guess I'm so intentional about, I, don't waste my time. Because I don't want to waste your time. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think if we, if we operate more like that, instead of stringing people along, instead of keeping people, allowing people to occupy spaces because no one else is there, settling into things because we don't want to be alone. Like, if we really start to evaluate these places, if we start to really evaluate, excuse me, these situations, then we really be like, you know what? Okay. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to just have somebody here to have somebody here. I don't want to do that. Right. So I just think that is so important to be very intentional, very open and transparent. Y'all come on, tell the truth. We grown. Like I'm a firm believer in sandwiching things. Right. So a sandwich is you compliment it's it's like bread meat bread right say something good say what you need to say end with something good that's a sandwich right if you're dealing with someone who is pretty amazing listen i've had some really great guys right 
coming to, oh, I have to go back. I'm sorry. I have to go back to the other thing that somebody said to me. I'm sorry. I got sidetracked right quick. And then I'm going to go back to that. I had one other person say to me, because I am full on, um, I'm not dating anyone who doesn't have a relationship with Christ, okay? That's a non-negotiable for me, hands down, right? So when you say things like to, that to people, you know, because I know the things that I need, right? I know who I am. I know where I am, but I also, what I, I know what I need in my husband. And so if you say things, which I won't say on this podcast, you know, because like people be like, okay, if you tell them what you really, really want, then they try to like imitate exactly what you really, really want. And then you don't get the like true authenticity of them. And so, yeah, like I don't want any imitators, right? So I'm going to just keep that. Disclaimer. Okay. But anyway, um, so when I'm thinking about, you know, um, that being a non-negotiable for me and you say that to people and, you know, I had this one person come to me and she said, well, Sharon, all I'm going to say is, please don't cut yourself off waiting for a man of God because you might just be waiting. And she was like, I've got aunties and cousins and friends who come out of divorce and they're like, nope, I'm just waiting on a man of God or whatever, and they never get anybody, and they're still single because, you know, men of God just don't, not, she didn't say they don't exist, I'm saying it because from the way that she worded it was like, men of God just don't exist, right? And so I'm only mentioning this because if you got people who say stuff to like, like this to you, I just want you to be encouraged. I don't want you to be discouraged because I absolutely believe that there are men out there who love God with their whole heart. There are men of God out there who are seeking wives, right? Don't be discouraged. He's out there. He is absolutely worth the wait. He's out there. Trust me, right? Um, but what I was going to say was, you can come encounter with some really good guys, right? This is why I believe in sandwiches because he may do a lot of things. Like this one particular guy for my friend, he checked a lot of boxes, but it was this one particular thing that she could not get past. There were a few things, but this was at the top of the list, right? But he checked more boxes than not. So it's like, if they're a really good guy or if she's a really great woman, allow her to know that. Listen, you are an amazing woman. You are an amazing man. You are going to make someone an amazing husband. Right? And I think that it's fair to say that. And it's okay to say that. Because I've come encounter with some really great guys. They're just not my husband's. They're not the ones that I know that God has chosen for me. But I believe that they are meant for someone else. And they are really good. Like they're not 
horrible people. They're not cheaters or liars or manipulators. Like they are good guys. They're just not not the one for me. And so I think that when you get to a place where you can be very secure in who you are and you can be very secure in what you know that God is saying concerning you and who he's going to bring into your life, um, then you don't have to take on situations that you don't have to take on. I heard the, so I don't know if you guys know the Perrys, um, Jackie Hill Perry, I, um, her and her husband, they do like a podcast, but she speaks on a lot of different things. And, um, I really love, I really enjoy hearing her talk. I really enjoy just like giving her, <clears throat> excuse me. I really love just like her giving her, you know, opinions and things on different situations um and her and her husband when they talk together it's it's incredible right I love it <clears throat> anyway I'm saying that to say that um one of the things that I heard her say was marriage was hard right she was like Marriage is already hard. Why would you bring an unnecessary hard to a hard? And I had never looked at it like that because I always say like marriage is work. It's an intentional work every single day of your life. You don't get to stop working in marriage. You don't get to you don't get to kick off your shoes and relax your feet. Party on down to the escape beat. I think that's what the song say. Like, you don't get to, like, settle and be like, you know what? Okay, we married. Put my hands up. We cruising. Like, you know, you don't get to do that. You don't get to do that. So, it's an intentional work every day. But when you're thinking about it being a work, right? It's a hard work, right? It's two people who are literally going to the altar to die. I say this all the time and people look at me like I'm crazy. Like, girl, who dying? Ain't nobody dying. Yes, two individuals are going to the altar to die so that collectively they can become one. My selfishness, your selfishness, we dying at this altar and we're birthing oneness together right? And so we're learning to live and to do life together from that perspective. So when you're thinking about that, if you're marrying someone or you're, you're settling with someone, you're, you're bringing on an unnecessary heart to what's already work. Is it necessary to, it's one thing to have to go to a job. Is it necessary for you to go to the job and work extra hard because you're bringing extra hard to a work that's already work? You're bringing work to work when you're already there to work? Like it it when they when she said it, it like resonated with me on another level and I was like that is brilliant. Like 
Jackie, I owe you an offering because I'm going to totally use that, right? That's the first thing that came to my mind when she said that. But like in real, like in real sincerity, like she is 1000% right. You don't, marriage is not to be taken lightly. Jumping into relationship with people, it's not to be taken lightly. So it's like, we don't want to just jump into a relationship with someone when there are non-negotiable or there are things that we know that we can never get past. It doesn't make sense to occupy or allow someone to really occupy a space in a place where they cannot dwell. That's not fair. And it's especially not fair if you don't give them the option, if you don't give them their choice, you know? So it's just, it's so important. Listen, this is like, this is real talk because like, it's a lot of us that's out here in these dating streets. And I always say like, somebody should have been like really doing the class on dating when I got out here because, you know, a, a lot of this stuff I had to figure out. Because dating is so different. Like, I almost didn't recognize this dating, right? <laughs> like, I almost didn't recognize it. It looks so different. Oh, my goodness. But it's important for us to know who we are, right? Because when you know exactly who you are, you're able to stand in the place of that, you know, you don't feel like you have to settle in because you don't feel like nobody's ever going to come, right? Because I know that I've heard that a lot. Like sometimes being single can be discouraging for a lot of people, especially if they are literally just sitting there waiting on a husband or if a husband is like the only thing that's on their brain. They're not thinking about bettering themselves. They're not thinking about you know, getting healthier. They're not thinking about becoming whole or getting to a place of wholeness. They're not working on healing. They're not activating, you know, their place of call according to God. They're not moving in the way of their purpose. It's like whatever, whatever, all of the things that you can be doing in your time of singleness and all you can focus on is just getting a husband, then you're anxiously waiting. It's like that anticipation, like that over, it, it's almost like anxiety in a sense, because it's like, it's one thing to anticipate. It's another thing to like be in anticipation to where it's like, um, it's all you can think about. Like you just, you're sitting around like, is it happening today? Is today today? Am I going to meet him today? Like, is he in Walmart? Is he in, is he in Kmart? Like, is he in the gas station? Like, is he in Food Lion? Like, what? you know what I'm saying? Like, we have to be busy doing the things that we've been called to do individually because your husband or wife, your husband, okay? Because wives, we ain't out here finding our husbands, right? We're going to be busy doing what we're supposed to be doing and our husbands is going to find us being busy in the place of work he's going to find us doing the things that we're called to do because a lot of times people are looking to get married because they're looking to have you know that person that they feel like complete them or that person to do something with or 
that person to like that they can just take on the identity of but the 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 factor is that i am called to something before my husband comes so i can't get lost in where is my husband so that we can do when i can't individually do what i'm called to right and so just being in that place of work maintaining your identity and really knowing what your identity is and focusing on that right because christ gives us our identity so it's important for us to take on our identity from him and for us to do what it is that he's called us to do. What is your purpose according to God? What is it that God is looking for you to do right now in this moment so that he's able to elevate you to the place that you need to go? Because when you get to that place, that's where your husband is. Like a lot of times we just need to like legitly, our husbands can be in the place of waiting to find us waiting for us to get in the place that's just like people who are assigned to us they're waiting for us to take our position in god so that they can be freed right there are people who are assigned to us i always say there is a we that is assigned to me there are people assigned to you there are people who are literally waiting for you to get in position to get into the place to do what it is that you've been called to do so that they can be free, so that they can they can know how to overcome, so that they can know that if God did it for you, that he can do it for them because he doesn't have a respected person, right? So it's so important that we are, that we, we find ourselves doing the will of God concerning our lives and really being able to operate in that space so that God can bless us collectively because there'll be a ministry that my husband and I would do I know for sure there's too much assigned to me that my husband won't do that my husband won't be in a place where where we'll cultivate things together I listen God laid this thing out for me. So I'm I'm convinced, right? But I won't get lost in waiting for him to where it negates the work or the assignment that is on my life. This is how I look at it. Whether my husband comes or not, I have an assignment according to God that I am going to fulfill with him, with God. That is at the very top of the priority list. So I think that when we get the priorities together, when we really begin to focus on exactly what it is we've been called to do, what it is that God is saying concerning us, what it is that God is requiring of us, then it's easier for us to wait because we're busy and we're not just sitting around thinking of our husband 24-7, right? And I say husbands because husbands are the finders, right? So my husband is going to find me because he that findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtaineth a favor from the Lord. That is what I say to do. Or that is what the Bible says. Sharon don't say that. 
The Bible says that, right? But the same with the husbands, right? You want your wife to be in her place. No husband. Okay. Let me not say no husband because I'm not a man. I've never been a husband. I don't know this for sure. But for husbands that I've encountered, right? That I've talked to, had conversations with, all of the things. Husbands don't want their wives to come and take on their identity. Not a husband who wants to cultivate his wife into, you know, making sure that she obtains the call and the purpose on her life. Husbands want wives who they got their stuff too. I got my stuff. You got your stuff. We got stuff together. It doesn't mean that I live a separate life. It doesn't mean that we're going in separate directions. That's not what that means. It means that we're able I'm able to do the assignment that God has for me. You're able to do the assignment that God has for you. And then collectively, we're able to do the assignment that God has on our covenant. I support you in the assignment that God has given you. You support me in the assignment that God has given me. And we support each other. And we do this together on the assignment that God has on our marriage, our union our um our oneness right so listen that that's all i have for tonight but i really wanted to just i really wanted to just talk about it because like i said it was it was so important and it is so important to be like super intentional guys come on let's be intentional let's be honest let's be open let's be transparent right um, let's make sure that we are living in a space of transparency. We know who we are according to Christ. We know who God has called us to be. We know the value that God has placed on us. We don't have to settle. We don't have to settle into something. We don't have to settle for anything, for just anything. And we don't have to negate our non-negotiables and things that we know are important to us just to have somebody here occupying a space. We don't have to do that. And so let's not do that. Okay. Listen, um, and, and listen, send me your questions or if you want to comment, if you have a thought process or whatever on this, please let me know. Um, and I would love to converse about it and even to go deeper, um, on this. And if I get the right questions, we'll definitely part to it for next week because, um, I, I definitely think it's important, um, to just for people to know, for people to understand and for people to really get busy in being and doing, you know, what they are assigned to. And listen, I'm going to say this and then I'm getting off for real. Even when it comes to like doing things that you love, going on vacations, going on trips, buying your own house. Like a lot of times people wait to do those things when they get married. No, enjoy those things when you're single too, because you're going to have a totally different experience when you're married. So when you are married to the person that you are going to do life with, you go to Cancun, it's going to be a whole different experience at Cancun than it was when you went, when you were in your place of singleness. So I feel like 
not settling in to even enjoy life until you get married. No, enjoy your life now. Enjoy your time of singleness, your place of singleness, doing the things that you love to do. Buy your house. And when your husband comes, y'all got property. Listen, we might part two this next week if I get the right questions, but I just want you to know that it is so imperative. I am your host, Sharon Tillman. Thank you again so much for tuning in to another episode of He's Worth the Wake podcast. I love you guys for real. Have an amazing night.